0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, here we are, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm Chris Van Fleet. Thanks for joining us for this one as we are joined by the amazingly talented Cassie Lee, who you might know better from her time in WWE as Peyton Royce. She is also a fellow podcaster. Yeah, she co hosts Off Her Chops with Jessica McKay, a.k.a. Billy Kay from WWE. And if you haven't yet, you need to check it out. These two together are absolutely hilarious, no matter what it is that they're talking about. You can find their podcast, again, it's called Off Her Chops. You can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. What a name for a show, Off Her Chops. We talk about why it's called that during this conversation. We also get into, you know, what's next for her after her WWE release. We talk about her husband, Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ronnie. So if you hear us referencing Ronnie, you know who we're talking about here. We talk about it all. She's just honestly one of the sweetest humans on the face of the planet. Find her on social media. It's very simple. It's just her name, at Cassie Lee. And if you're not already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast or follow the podcast wherever you're listening to this. We post all of these conversations right here on the podcast first, before they're posted on YouTube. Although it's amazing to me, and I love it, how many people listen to the podcast and then the next day will listen to the YouTube or watch the YouTube video. So if you're one of those people, you're not just awesome, you're extra awesome. So thank you. This person is also often awesome. This is a review from Never117 on Apple Podcasts who says, the source for interviews in entertainment. Chris crushes the interviews, whether it's with John Cena or The Rock or Justin Bieber or Anne Hathaway. It is a must subscribe. Well, thank you so much. And I read one review on every single episode. It's my small way of saying... Thanks for being on this journey with us. So if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts and you have a spare minute or two today or sometime this week, it would be great if you could leave a few words on there and I'll read those few words here on the show. Okay, enough of me. Let's get to this incredible conversation with the one, the only Cassie Lee. (laughs) I was just listening to the most recent episode of Offer Chops, and Cassie, I I relate to you so much about this whole driving in the rain thing. Do you? Well, look, I lived in Florida for five years. You currently live in Florida. What is it about people in Florida that as soon as it starts raining, you didn't really actually talk about this that much in your podcast, but they push the four-way flashers, like letting everyone know, like, I don't know how to drive in the rain.
1: I know, I just, I I don't know what it is. I'm like, we've driven all across the country. So I know what drivers in each state are like. And I, ha- I like Florida is the worst. Orlando is on another level. It's so bad.
0: Well, the thing about Florida is it rains every day in the summer.
1: Yeah. So you would think the locals would be used to it.
0: You would think so in the same way that like when you live somewhere where it's cold and it snows, you know, they get accustomed to what it's like to drive in the snow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, not here.
0: No, not there. <laughs> this is just one of the many topics that you guys cover on yeah. your podcast.
1: Yeah, a bit of a variety comedy podcast, I would say.
0: A comedy podcast?
1: Yeah, like to make people laugh. You
0: know that, well, that's what you guys do, right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's what uh, I enjoy. Uh, and you, I like you know, laughing while Jess makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> did you always want to have a podcast?
1: I had been wanting to try a podcast for a few years, um, but I just, with our schedule and then with like rules that kind of came in, like we just weren't allowed to do it. So as soon as we got the call, I, I texted Jess and I was like, look, I know you want like time to grieve this and that's totally cool, but I just want you to know, like, I really want to start this podcast with, you." and she was like, screw it, let's do it. And we just, we just got to work.
0: And Offer Chops was the like immediate first name that you had?
1: Yeah. So we were talking to a friend who um was helping us kind of come up with concepts and things. Um and just through talking to this person, Jess had said offer chops and they just died laughing. And he was like, That is so funny. And we were like, that's just normal for us. Like it's just a normal conversation. Um, so it's kind of good to get an outsider's perspective and like things that stand out. So we were like, but oh, that's kind of fun, actually. Let's just do it.
0: Yeah, the term "offered chops" is something that, like, most Americans are like, "What is that even?" Like, you talking about lamb chops?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, not quite. <laughs> what
0: What is that? What is that? What do you What does that even mean? Like, break it down for people that live in North America.
1: I mean, offered chops it has like multiple meanings. In Australia, it could mean you're off your chops, drunk, or it could mean you're off your chops, like you're just crazy, like. But but in a positive way, not like you're crazy and you need help. More like, more like the fun one of the group. Like this this girl's crazy.
0: Hmm. What does this say around your neck, by the way? I can't quite read this necklace.
1: I'm um, baby girl.
0: Oh, baby girl.
1: I'm very into like the '90s, 2000s fashion right now. So um, I just had to have that one.
0: I feel like everybody is like this was very cyclical. Like if I had held on to the clothes that I wore in the I late '90s, that- I'd be so cool right now.
1: I um I was too like I was born in ninety two, so I didn't appreciate the nineties. But the two thousands, my gosh, I wish I kept my stuff.
0: Mm. Well, well, here's the thing, Cassie. If you hang on to your stuff from now, yeah. you'll be so cool in twenty forty two.
1: Yes. Well, I mean that's my plan. I realized because I do like if I get if I buy clothes, I take clothes out of my closet often, like. Maybe twice a year, I'll have Jess come over and I have her just go through my closet. And, and if she hasn't seen me wear something, she, she, she puts it in a pile and then I go and donate the pile. Um, but I think I'm going to start saving my stuff, especially like if, if I have a daughter or something, I'd love to be able to pass on like fashions that she could wear and she can be the cool one.
0: Or she's going to look at your clothes and go, mom, you used to wear this?
1: I mean, that's definitely what I did when I was a kid looking at my mom's old clothes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of our last conversation was you talking about how Jess would come to your house and she was like your closet organizer.
1: She is. She is still that person for me.
0: It, is it just the closet or does she clean other things in your house too?
1: She, she, she does the whole thing. But, <laughs> but sometimes I'll say, come over and don't like... Closet only because otherwise she'll want to go into the bathroom and then she'll want to go through my drawers and then we'll start going into the kitchen and it just takes a long time.
0: <laughs> and when I talked to Jess last year, she had just bought her house, she had just moved in, she was having like movie nights there, like she has a theater inside her house.
1: Yep, yep. How,
0: how has this evolved? Is this still happening? Are we still doing game night at Jess's?
1: We do games night all the time. We rotate between our house, Jess's house, Breeze's house. Uh, Amanda Huber's house. Like, we just, it's, or, or then there's like Chelsea and Matt. There's like, we all just like interchange whose turn it is for game night.
0: <laughs> Pretty much like 95% of all wrestlers, no matter where they work, live within like a 10 mile radius of you in Orlando.
1: Yeah, most of them. But now we're kind of in like an hour and a half radius. Which is oh, they've like they moved
0: out to Tampa, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> basically.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like you have to stay there if you and Jess are recording this podcast in person.
1: Yeah. Um when when the husband and I bought this house, we had bought it with the intention of staying here for a good twenty years. So we're not going anywhere anytime soon.
0: I speaking of your husband, Ronnie, Sean Spears, whatever we want to call him. Yeah. I love <laughs> I love how he was creeping on you making TikToks in your backyard recently.
1: He is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> he like I've got nothing else to do, okay? I have so much time on my hands right now. Let me do a TikTok. Um, What's funny is like, so from where I was standing outside, I can't see in, but from inside, you can clearly see out. And I just had this weird feeling he was watching me. And so I guess before he started filming, I was just looking inside, hoping that he would see me and assume that I actually could see him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, oh, he's not saying anything, I'll just keep doing my TikTok. And then, of course, he puts that up on Twitter.
0: Oh, he didn't like ask you about this first?
1: No, he did.
0: Okay. And you're like, yeah, I guess it's kind of funny.
1: Well, so whenever it's like his birthday or something, and I want to post funny videos of him, I always ask him first because he's like, "I have a persona to like uphold. I don't want to be funny on like your social media." And I, so I, I we always ask each other. But I was like, "It's fine, whatever. Let people hey, laugh." I
0: mean, he's actually a really nice guy, despite what we see on Dynamite.
1: Yeah, he is. <laughs>
0: but how how similar? How similar would you say that? cassie is to peyton royce
1: um i would okay so when when cassie and jess are together Uh those two people are are exactly the same as peyton
0: and billy they're the iconics
1: yes but cassie i'm like really shy and i i don't like to be in crowds of people i get anxious Um, so when I'm by myself, I'm very shy. I'm inside my shell, but if I'm with her, there is no shell. I'm completely fine.
0: So how does someone who's shy get into a business that is the exact opposite of that?
1: Well, I, well, I just grew up on the stage. I was a dancer. I started dancing when I was three. So I was used to performing. I love performing and and being able to create someone else that I can be. And and because if I'm being judged by this person, it's not me. It's this, it's this character I've created. So I actually do like that. I like having the person people get to know. And then I like being me. And I can differentiate them.
0: So this is like a little bit of like Beyonce and like Sasha Fierce.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I am Beyonce. <laughs>
0: Do you have a name for this persona, like when you were growing up, like, or that was just like that you would become on stage?
1: No, I didn't think about it like that. I think that was something I um, realized that's what I do. Like, as I grew up, I realized Mm -hmm. that's how I'm able to like, because you know, when people say fake it till you make it, I live by that. I fake being um, like this big personality and friendly and happy and not anxious. Like that's all, it's all fake. But I'm just doing that till I feel comfortable.
0: So if you're very introverted, I feel like Ronnie is like the exact opposite. I feel like he's, he's very extroverted.
1: Um, I would say no. He's no.
0: okay, He's just a great actor then.
1: He is. He and I are very similar. We're introverts. We don't like leaving our house. We have everything here that we need, like He's the same. He doesn't like crowds of people. We're just, we're, we're able to be like performers and characters on stage um, and like separate the two.
0: You guys are like the perfect match for each other, it sounds like.
1: Yes, yes it is true.
0: Two two people from another country who have met in America.
1: <laughs> Weird to think about as well.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. And now, now you have a whole family of fur babies. This is great.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It's all happening. <laughs>
0: Obviously, a lot has changed since the last time that we spoke. Uh, are Is everything, are you doing okay? Is everything all right with you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been a really rough um, couple months. Um, I would say it's been a rough six months. Since the draft, I would say, since they, they split dress and I up, it's been rough. Yeah. But um I'm doing well. Every day I'm feeling happier and so I'm just excited for the future and these these like opportunities that I can chase now that I, I haven't been able to for the past six years. Um and then I have my moments where I'm like I, I just get sad that it didn't work out. But I really truly believe that everything happens for a reason um that there's something bigger out there for me.
0: Well if your dream as a little girl growing up was to be in the WWE. And you did it and you were there, you know, at the highest level. What's the dream now?
1: Um, I so I don't feel like I'm done with wrestling. I, I feel like I I have dreams that I um especially wanted to like grasp um between being split up from Jess and when we were let go. Um so I still want to chase that, but my big dream now is I wanna be a movie star. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is a, a natural uh, way that wrestlers kind of want to go. Uh, I have been taking acting lessons um, for going on two years now, and I, I just love it. I love the process. I love learning a new industry. Um, and I can't wait till I feel like I really know the industry inside out, like I do wrestling.
0: Do you feel like taking acting lessons got, made you better at wrestling and specifically made you better at promos?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I just like just the way I, I think about it um, is different. Like, I and it's kind of hard too, because just wrestling is its own separate beast. And sometimes yeah. it's hard to like take the principles from acting and put them in a wrestling promo because a lot of that is different. But still, the way I'm able to think about it and, and create like um, a backstory and things like that, I really enjoyed that part of it.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think that the thing, especially when you're acting for the camera, You're trying to act as like natural and subtle as possible. And I think that the word subtlety in wrestling, you know, don't really go together. I mean, there are, obviously there are subtle details in wrestling that are so crucial and so important, but I mean, in the, in the promo style, it's, it's not really the same.
1: Yeah pretty much bigger the better with the microphone
0: and wrestling yeah and that's exactly it yeah so you're, you're saying obviously I'm not saying that you would think you'd be done with wrestling but if the goal was to be in the WWE you accomplished that goal you accomplished that dream
1: yeah. is the
0: goal now to just do other big things in the world of wrestling
1: um I feel like um being let go really broke my heart and it kind of for a long time, it took my love. Like it, it stole my love of wrestling and I would love to get that back and not move on with my life with this bitter feeling about wrestling. Like I still get emotional about it, but um, I, I know one day I'll be able to like those circumstances I'll have control over and I, and I won't let it affect me like it still does now.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I- it it definitely sounded like you even used the term grieving before. Like this is like this is a big thing. This was your entire life. This is the whole reason you live in America.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I, I decided I wanted to wrestle for WWE when I was uh, when I was 10 years old. So literally, and like it's so weird. Like in high school and like growing up, knowing that's what I wanted to do with my life. Literally every decision I made in my life was. Was for the purpose that it would get me one step closer to WWE, and those are things like picking my subjects in high school, like what 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 subjects can I pick that's going to help me learn things that is going to like progress me to WWE, hmm. and then in the school holidays, like I wouldn't go to parties. I would, I would like be working out. I'm like a 15 year old girl, like working out around my house because I thought, um you know, the fitter, the better. And then I would take like model, uh, modeling lessons. I would do modeling competitions because like when I was growing up, it was the divas era. And I thought I had to know how to model. I had to know how to walk in heels and how to wear a dress and how to do my makeup and my hair. And like, so I took lessons to learn how to do that so that I could just check every single box and like leave no stone unturned. Like there was nothing getting in my way.
0: What's interesting, though, is so many people, both men and women, have this dream when they're younger to be in the WWE, and then that dream shifts, or it changes, and they go, well, it's okay if I am still a wrestler. The goal was WWE, but I'm okay to just be a wrestler. And then they're like, well, it's okay if I'm maybe a referee, or maybe I... I you know, work at this organization instead of this organization. Yeah. Your goal was WWE. And I mean, we talked about this a little bit last time, but to live in Australia and have your goal be WWE when there's really no one that's done it before you when you're 10 years old to like follow in their footsteps. Yeah. That kind of seems like a pipe dream when you're that young.
1: Definitely. And uh, I was so vocal about my dreams as a kid. And I kind of got bullied for that because you're right it 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 sounds crazy and it sounds like it cannot be done but I don't know what it was I feel I was just born with this this thing this instinct inside me that said I'm gonna get what I want like no matter what nothing like I will not let anything stop me from achieving my goal and and it was it was always WWE I didn't want anything else like I I would pray at night to to achieve my dreams. And I would always like, if I got, if something scared me, physically scared me, for example, there's this water park in Sydney and there's like this big rock that you can jump off into a pool. Well, I didn't know this at the time, but I'm afraid of heights. So every time I got to the edge of the rock, I could not bring myself to jump off it. And everyone was cheering me on. And like, so I just, I took a step back and I said to myself, if you want to be a WWE wrestler, jump off the rock. Mm. And literally just random jumps. But anytime I was faced with a fear of something, I would say to myself, if you want to be a WWE wrestler, do this.
0: Mm.
1: And I would just do it.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data So I mean, as a Canadian kid growing up in Canada, if I wanted to be a, a WWE superstar, I could go, oh, well, Edge did it, Christian, Bret right. Hart, Owen Hart, Chris Jericho, whatever. As a little girl growing up in Australia, who who can you whose path can you follow?
1: I just I loved Eddie Guerrero so much and I just wanted to be like him. So although there wasn't like an Australian to whose path I could follow, like I just wanted to be like Eddie. And, yeah. I, and I didn't need someone's footsteps to follow mm. in. I, I would create my own. I love this.
0: What, at what age were you when Taniel Dashwood started to make a name for herself?
1: Like on the indie scene?
0: Yeah. I mean, because she would have been, I guess, the f- first one to really, you know, yeah, do it. Definitely. She, yeah, definitely.
1: So when I started training, she was already like a name in Australia. So that was in 2009. And then while I was doing lances in Canada. So that was 2012. That's when she started at um, SCW.
0: And is that is that like what made you go, oh, well then, I mean, you already, it sounds like you already knew. It sounds like I, you already knew you were going to make I, this happen.
1: I, long before that.
0: <laughs> is this something that has just always been instilled in you? Like, is this who you've always been as a kid? Or is this like something that, you know, your family has really helped out with?
1: Um. Honestly, I feel like I didn't know anyone growing up who who was who kind of had this like just co- like constant need and want for more. What's mm. what's strange as well now that I think about it is before I even knew what wrestling was, um, and I lived was living in Sydney, as like a seven or eight-year-old girl, I knew I was gonna move to America. I just knew there was nothing in Australia for me. Like mm. every everything that I was gonna create for my life would be here.
0: Yeah. So obviously you weren't prepared for these releases in April. Like you didn't you didn't expect to be on that list.
1: I had I did not even think that there were going to be releases and maybe that's it's my kind of fault for not being prepared for it. It was not even a thought in my mind and I don't know why because it's April. They always do releases in April. Um and it just it skips my mind for some reason. Um so yeah, it came out of left field for sure.
0: I mean, even if there were going to be releases, I just don't feel like you and Jess would have been on that list. It just does it doesn't make sense to me from the outside.
1: Maybe this is just because of the way I'm kind of made to feel i i If I had thought there were releases coming up, I would have been worried for myself. I was worried the previous year when they did releases. I thought ah yeah. oh, i, I, I uh, this might be it for me, and and Ronnie was like, "No, you're you're just being self conscious or whatever." Um, but they were. I wasn't doing anything. I was I was pushing so hard to just to get an opportunity at something, and and just nothing was happening for me. So if I thought there would be releases, I I probably would have expected it more. Mm. But for Jess, no, because she was just killing it. I like my gosh, it was so. Easy to watch, and she was so fun, and she was on everything, and she was just on WrestleMania. I wasn't even on WrestleMania. I was one of like two girls not on WrestleMania. So, I one hundred percent would have thought, yeah, I'm going to be on that list if I thought there was a list. You
0: know, it almost felt like when you guys were released together that you were still being treated as the Iconics, even though you were very much separate. The Iconics were broken up.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know if there's like a rhyme reason for for who. Is let go. I don't know. I okay. I don't even like to try and understand it because yeah, a and,
0: and, and maybe it, you know, maybe you don't have to make sense of it. It's something you that's get. happened, you know, that was three months ago, and you move on, you press forward, and it's bigger and better from here.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: There was talk for a while that the Iconics might break up, should break up, turn this into a great storyline. What was the conversation behind the scenes of you guys breaking up?
1: Um, so I don't think I've ever actually told anyone this. And well, I hope Jess isn't upset with me saying this. I um, wanted to go singles. Um, there was just things that I wanted to tick off my bucket list as a singles competitor. Um, and I, I vocalized that to Jess in like January last year but I didn't do anything about it. Like I didn't, I didn't, I just told her where I was at. I didn't go and like try and get us broken up or something like that. But then um, this was in like the PC era and Jess um, was out for a week or something. So I had like this random singles match. I don't even remember who it was against and um, Vince loved it. And he was, he said to me like, you're, you're so good. Like why, like, what do we kind of, doing it um and so I, I just said to him look like if it if it is possible in the future plans I'm not saying right now but in the future I would like to to see what I can do on my own because I'm so comfortable with Jess I feel like we can conquer the world together but I wanted to see what I could do for myself yeah. um and then so many people are like oh it was so stupid for them to break you up and why did they break you up you were so good together and then I'm just like I feel like it's my fault because I wanted to, to push, push myself and see what I was capable of. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. That might have been the worst decision that I made because I just, nothing ever happened.
0: Well, that, But I don't feel like that falls on you. like Because when you guys broke up, I feel like everyone went, oh, this is perfect. Cassie has all the skills to be a champion. She has the great look. She has the in-ring ability. She has the personality. Let's make this thing happen.
1: I mean, I just don't. Thank you. That was so kind of you. Um, I just, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in one of the meetings and just kind of, like, I don't know if if I did something that went wrong. I would love to know if that is the case or if they just decided to go in a different direction. Um, I'm never going to know that, but I am curious.
0: Yeah, I mean, the interview you did with Renee on Oral Sessions. You said that you had this meeting with Vince and it didn't go how you wanted it to go. Is that where you think that things kind of went off the rails?
1: Which, was that Which interview was that? Is that when...
0: Well, maybe it wasn't with Renee. Maybe you talked about this on Offer Chops. And you basically said like you met him with Vince and you talked about how like... He's and like, I- well, what do you like to do in your free time?
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I don't know. I, and I freaking dirt sheets picked that up. Peyton lost a job because she didn't know what to say to Vince. Rah, rah, rah. Like, that's not the case, you big dummies. <laughs> <laughs> I um I just went in there with what I wanted to present and we just moved on from it so quickly and I was yeah. kind of I in my head I was like okay, how can I get how can I steer this conversation back to that because I I really thought something was there and I just maybe I hadn't explained it properly but um I don't believe that is the reason I got fired because I sat in that room with him and and Bruce for 45 minutes tossing up ideas um, and what we had come up with was that I was going to be a motivational person, motivational speaker because Vince loved how how much I had sacrificed to be there and how nothing, I didn't want anything else for my life other than to work for him and yeah. he loved that and he was so thankful for what I had sacrificed, my family, you know, everything in Australia, my whole life. Um so that's what we had come up with and obviously nothing ever came of it. But that conversation wasn't like a complete dud. that's just was my from my perspective that damn this is what I would wanted to present and, and move forward with.
0: I'm so glad you cleared that up because that was not the story that was reported.
1: No, and that's probably my fault. I didn't and I never know like what is too much to say or not. So um I probably just stopped at the wrong point. <laughs>
0: Also, it's sad that you, you, know, you frame it in that way of how much you gave up and everything you left behind in Australia just to work for this man, just to work for WWE, and he's aware of that and still goes, all right, well, better luck in your future endeavors.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's a, it's a business decision. It wasn't personal. Sure. I totally get that. Um, it doesn't take the sting away, but it is what it is, and, and I'm, I'm aware of that, and that kind of helps a bit, knowing that it, there's nothing I did wrong. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing I don't think that I could have done because I freaking tried everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, two years ago, Ronnie asked for his release, was released. So his, his probably felt very different, right? Because he was in the driver's seat when yeah. he was released.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I I like this whole year, like the beginning of the year. So I really struggled from when um Brody passed really struggled like kind of seeing the bigger picture and putting things into perspective and just how I was really unhappy at work really unhappy um and a few times I was like I I don't think I can do it anymore like I think I want to ask for my release and there was times I'd be in the locker room and and some sort of creative would change and it would just I just like it was so upset and I was, and Ria had to, of all people had to talk me off the ledge because I was, I was about to walk into talent relations and say like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so unhappy. Um, and she kind of talked me off the ledge. Um, but yeah, I was unhappy. So the release I think was a blessing in disguise. I was unhappy and that so many, I was so close to asking for my release, but I'd never pulled that trigger.
0: Yeah. And I I feel like, I mean, this sounds a lot like what Ronnie was going through. He was very unhappy with what was going on and sounds like he was like on the fence. Should I ask for my release or not? And then finally went, I'm going to ask and see what happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was on the fence for a good six months. Right. Which I guess guess that too.
0: How long did you allow yourself to be sad about this?
1: About the release? Yeah. I didn't even want to give it a time frame, but it's so strange. Like I it was such a roller coaster of emotions. I would be like I was so sad at first. Like my heart was torn to pieces. Yeah. And then as the weeks went on, I was so excited for the future and I was happy. And I I knew every Monday or every Sunday night I wasn't getting this like this feeling in my gut of just sadness. And so that was nice. And then not having like the the pressure of how I look. Because that plays a huge part in it as well. so it was nice for those feelings to disappear, but then there would come days where I would it would just hit me out of nowhere. Hmm.
0: So we, I mean, we you talked a little bit about like how there's a green card issue here, and I can relate to that. yeah are, are you hopeful that this will get cleared up soon?
1: I'm hopeful, but <laughs> it's government and like with COVID, what I'm hearing is like there's a three year delay from COVID. So I and and they don't really give you a time frame of when this is going to be complete. This is just my like immigration attorney. She's like, "Well, I'm hoping you'll get it by so and so date, but I don't." Well, know.
0: Tell Ronnie to become an American citizen. <laughs> All right. Then, then you will then become an American <laughs> citizen through that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We figured, we figured this out for you. Uh, yeah, this is, I and I get it and I can completely empathize because I know what the green card process is like being a Canadian now living in the US. It is not an easy process and it is not a timely process at all.
1: Not at all. I mean, what, we're four years in at this point. <laughs> I should have had it a long time ago, but hey, everything happens for a reason.
0: What, what are you excited about as we look forward? I mean, the second half of 2021 is here and we're living in it. What are you excited about?
1: I'm excited to get that damn green card and then I can keep <laughs> <it's> my dreams. <laughs> so I just feel like I'm in limbo right now. I can't, like I'm doing everything I can to keep my name relevant. We've got the podcast off her chops. So I'm like trying to do these photo shoots, <laughs> somehow keep me relevant. Um, but I'm just in this limbo where I'm just like sitting on my butt, unable to do anything. And that's just so not in my nature.
0: Well, I feel like if you keep posting these uh, Instagram photo shoots, I mean, you're <laughs> gonna definitely keep a certain a certain portion of the audience excited. Hopefully, <laughs> there was there was one. I think you posted a, like a very a very like great looking photo last week, and people went, "Oh, Cassie has a new look."
1: Was it just like a selfie?
0: Yeah, but it was like you were very made up.
1: Oh, definitely. So that was like the morning of my last photo shoot, and people are up in arms about pictures like that. I'm like, you guys, I'm very well aware I don't look like this. Like, you know, clearly I have a lot of makeup on. Clearly my hair is done. I've got a big bright light in my face to make me look the best as I can, you know? Give me a break. Throw me a bone.
0: Also, how are you going to look like that after a 10-minute wrestling match?
1: You tell me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know so much more about this than me.
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, it's not possible.
0: No. No. Are you still going to Flatbacks a lot?
1: I'm there every week. I've, mm. I've been there three, four times a week for the, since they opened two years ago.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, when I made my visit there, my now infamous visit there, <laughs> yeah. I was so impressed with what you did in the ring because oh. at that time we weren't seeing a lot of you really yeah. showcasing your wrestling ability. Yeah, And that's why when you guys broke up, I personally went. Oh my god! Now the world is going to see what Cassie can do.
1: Thank you. I feel like I love training because I like we always teach the kids how important it is to have a personality and and create this larger than life character. But I just love getting in there and just wrestling, and especially with Ronnie and Breeze, like they're both so good. And if I get in the ring with them, I just know I a I'm safe and b I can go and not have to think for someone else. Like okay, I can just go, and we all know what's happening. Um, so I, I just love getting down like that.
0: Ronnie has this very aggressive style in the ring. That's also very safe, but it's this very aggressive style yeah. in the ring that I feel like has rubbed off on you, which is like, makes you look like a really aggressive wrestler.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, he is super aggressive and I love, like if I can get in there, I take little bits from people that I'm in the ring with or that I watch and I, I love his aggressiveness. I love how this person sells. I love how this person responds or reacts to certain things. And I like take those inspirations and I've tried to like, you know, that's how I tried to create Peyton. Um, And a huge thing in WWE was aggression. Like that was especially as like the bad guy, the heel, whatever you want to call it, Mm. like aggression is super important. Um, So that was always the top of my list.
0: As someone who was a huge fan of Eddie Guerrero growing up, what little piece do you take from Eddie? Uh,
1: everything i just one thing i could take he he's th- my opinion the greatest wrestler to ever do it he could do everything he wasn't you know a great heel and a good baby face or the other way around he could do everything he was aggressive he was funny like i i can't i can't yeah,
0: I mean, we can spend the rest of the time talking about how great eddie is
1: seriously yes so actually now that like um, Chavo's with AEW I'm like oh my god that is so cool and Vicky's there too oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we just witnessed a little moment here
1: yeah it makes me so happy that like watching stuff like that that I feel like my love of wrestling again like it excites me because for a long time wrestling was not exciting um, hmm. when I see things like that it, it gets me excited
0: what do you think it was? And you've mentioned this a few times. Now, what do you think it was that made you kind of lose that passion that you had for wrestling?
1: I mean, it was completely taken from me when uh, we got let go. But just, just knowing that I felt like I had only scratched the surface with my goals and that I felt like there was just this roadblock mm. and it was just like I couldn't get past the roadblock, that, that was hard to just kind of sit with nothing I did would like move you know
0: yeah have you visited Ronnie at work
1: yeah I have I've been to a few shows with him
0: yeah I feel like when this type of stuff happens everyone goes oh Cassie (laughs) Lee is backstage at AEW everyone
1: well yeah I went to their last um pay-per-view and some someone in the audience took a picture of me like, well, what do you think? I'm here supporting my husband. I'm not here for business. Like, I'm not here to do, you know, going to business for myself.
0: I don't know. But, but you, I mean, you can understand. Oh, where...
1: totally. I get it. And, hey, hey, talk about me. I'm, I'm good with it. Oh, this is
0: good. Well, then you should, you know, be going to all the shows then. <laughs> I mean, well, they're on the road now. So it's not like it's just going up the, you know, street Jacksonville. to Jacksonville anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I hate flying. So if I don't have to fly, I'm not going to fly.
0: Again, I still, we talked about this last time, but I can't, can't wrap my head around someone who hates flying. Half of your job is flying.
1: It was for the love of the business.
0: Is it just like an anxiety when you get on a plane?
1: I, it's hard to pinpoint. They're like There came a time where driving to the airport, I would start feeling sick. And then as soon as I saw a plane on the tarmac, I would just, my stomach would just start turning and I would just get like physically ill. And then I just, I just hate it so much. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't like heights. So flying, you know, that you can't have one without the other. And then like, if I can't see out of the plane, I get like physically ill again. Um, and so it's just, it's just not a fun feeling.
0: So if they assign you an aisle seat, are you like frantically doing whatever you can to switch? Excuse me, ma'am. I am so sorry.
1: I need the window seat. People are either window seat people or they're aisle seat people. I'm okay with an aisle seat so long as the person at the window has the shade up, at least for takeoff and landing. So if that's the case and I cannot get a window seat, I will ask them, can you please just open it? Otherwise, I'm going to be sick everywhere. (laughs)
0: you're probably like, yeah, okay, please (laughs) don't puke on me.
1: Yep. I mean, that that, that does the trick.
0: (laughs) If wrestling was the first passion, is the first passion for you, is acting now like a very close second?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes, definitely.
0: So what, I mean, now that you've been taking acting lessons for the last two years, are you studying and watching films differently?
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, And that's the way I kind of like when I started training for wrestling, I would watch wrestling differently. Um, And I love just seeing like the behind the scenes and how movies are made. I really don't know a whole lot of the production side of things, but I just think it's so interesting. I love it.
0: It's a lot of standing around, I can tell you. (laughs)
1: Well, well, Jess and I did a commercial for CarMax when we were tag champions. Um, and not that there was a lot of standing around, but I was like, oh my gosh, we're being treated so lovely. Like as soon as they would yell cut, two people would run up behind us and put chairs and then someone else would run up and put a shade over us. And I was like, this is so lovely.
0: <laughs> Did you have stand-ins for this commercial too?
1: Uh, no, no, do, no. Do you know
0: what I'm talking about?
1: Like people? Yes. No.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's when you know that you're like a real star. Or, you know, when you They have someone who's, you know, similar height, right. similar build to you, and right. they'll put them in there to stand in for the lighting and the camera angles. Yeah. And then when it's time for the big star Cassie Lee to come in, we in. take the second team out.
1: Yeah. No, what a job though. That's for a stand in.
0: The stand. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they get paid well, so it's it's good for think, everybody. Yeah. Who's your favorite director?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you.
0: This, I mean, I, I'll give you like five and you can choose from there.
1: I'll be, I, but here's the thing, right? I, you might say a director and I don't, I really don't know what movie. Well,
0: I'm sure you know who Steven Spielberg is.
1: Well, tell me a movie and I'll know. He,
0: he did E.T., okay. Jaws, okay. Jurassic Park.
1: Okay.
0: He's a very well-known director.
1: <laughs> Whoever directs all the rom-coms, so I like those. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that, what, is that the type of movie you want to be in?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's my dream, to be the lead in a rom-com.
0: Oh, wow. Well, why, I mean, if, if you had your dream to be in the WWE and you did everything you could to make that happen, why are we to believe that you can't make this happen with movies?
1: I mean, I don't think that's the case. I believe it.
0: And that seems to be all that matters here.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And that goes for anything. If you believe it for yourself, you're good
0: are you reading like I feel like this is like that whole idea of like the secret you know the, the book the secret no oh the law of attraction
1: oh yeah definitely i agree i think the universe gives you what you want so long as you're you you put it out to the universe you'll get it back
0: well we're putting it out of the universe together
1: Thank that you, you're goodness. getting
0: a green card <laughs>
1: yeah First
0: first. Well, that's inevitable. That's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of is it going to happen today, tomorrow, or next week or next month? Yep, yep that is right. And so if somebody's watching this and they're you know they work for the whatever that is immigration, maybe they can speed this process up a little bit. I don't yep. know.
1: Please, we'll put that out into the universe. Yes,
0: yes. Someone, if someone's working for the immigration, you know, people. Yes, let's <laughs> make that happen. Then, once that happens, then in the world's your oyster.
1: Yes. I love that. I love that you just said that.
0: I mean, but it's true. But look, I I, I think it's, it'd be so hard to not be impressed with everything that you've done in your career because you've built everything in your career all on your own.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I, I do feel like that. Like just so much time and effort was put into like where I am now. And I just like, that's not stopping. It's just going in a different direction.
0: Yeah. But the end goal is still going to be the same. So maybe it's on a straight path. Maybe it weaves a right. little bit, Yep. but it still ends up at the same place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do you
0: think was the best advice that you were giving, wh- whether in wrestling or outside of wrestling, but what's the best advice you've received in your career?
1: Um, the one that stands out is just being a good person. I feel like that just being a good person, um, being, you know, professional, it just gets you so much further than being a shit person, you know. And Like you can be a shit person and still get like opportunities, but I, I, I can't imagine it would feel as good as if you did things on your own terms and you were, you were the person, you, you stuck to your morals, you're the person that you want to be and you see for yourself. I think mm. everything's just
0: so much more worth it. Mm. Is, that, is that the advice that you would give to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you, people don't want to help rude people. You know, I'm not going to go out of my way for someone who doesn't have manners, but someone who is kind and nice, uh, 100%. And
0: that's not just, you know, that's not just in the business world either. That's like, in
1: life.
0: Yeah. Like if you're in line to buy something, they <laughs> want to help the nice person.
1: Yeah, and if you're a jerk, you know, calling customer service, you're going to be on hold for a minute. But if you yeah. allow a person to do their job and you have some patience,
0: you'll mm-hmm.
1: probably get done quicker.
0: <laughs> How many of your podcast episodes do you have planned out from here on out? Or are you guys just kind of winging it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, we kind of wing it. Um, we So we film two at a time just because we've got producer snoogs who uh, has his own life and his own job? So, in order to have his help, we need to like schedule things differently. So, we've always got two episodes planned, and then we kind of wait to see like what happens in the world, what happens in life that we, you know, can bring to the next two episodes.
0: And I, and I feel like they're just they keep building on themselves. This is the great thing about podcasting. And congratulations, by the way, on <laughs> doing it. Too. Because the I, I always say the best thing about a podcast is anyone can do it. Yeah. And the worst thing about a podcast is anyone can do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> and the biggest thing that you need to do is separate yourself from everybody who thinks that they can do it. And I think, I, I can't remember the exact number, but I think the stat is like most people give up after seven. So the fact that you are oh. now knocking on the door of double digits, you're, yep. you're going to have 10 podcasts with your next one that you put out, Yep. you've already beat the odds.
1: I didn't know that. I love that. Go ask but
0: think about it and I get it like and you know what it's like it's a lot of work right it's a lot of work it's not just like turn on a mic and talk it's a lot of work
1: it's way more than I honestly expected
0: Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of people put all this time and effort into it and they go oh man we've put out seven episodes we haven't got the results that we want well I guess it's just not for me
1: yeah I mean what's that saying where it's like you don't perfect something until you put in like 10,000 hours or something Yeah, we're not even close to that, so we're gonna keep going.
0: That's yeah, that's Malcolm Gladwell's idea of like uh, mastering something after ten thousand hours. That means ten thousand episodes, which I don't know if anyone's ever done that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true, but we inch closer with every episode.
0: You've done—I'm sure you've done ten thousand hours of wrestling, wrestling training.
1: Yeah, I would assume so. That
0: means you're a master of wrestling now.
1: I am a master wrestler. (laughs) Pop that in my bio.
0: done make this happen (laughs) what are the what are the goals as we look towards the end of this year and then what are the goals if we look ahead like let's say five
1: wow i mean um assuming that the old green card's gonna come in that's
0: not an assumption it's happening
1: okay um like in wrestling i still would love to capture a championship a women's championship um I still see myself on on a grand stage. It doesn't have to be the grand stage. Um, I mean, Jess and I I love working together. So we're really excited to get back to that. It's so easy and it's so fun. Um, And then outside of wrestling, like my biggest thing is chasing acting. So that's like, that's where everything is. I hope in five years that I have a family. I hope in five years I'm able to get home to Australia to see my other family, my family at home. Um, but yeah, I think everything is working towards this new career goal that I have.
0: Which is being a rom-com star.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm not opposed to being in like a Denzel film either.
0: <laughs> oh my God. How good is he, right?
1: I, was, I just yesterday watched The Equalizer. I had never seen it and I was like... <laughs> Mind blowing. He's so good. Come He's the on.
0: Best. You want to talk about subtleties? Oh my God.
1: My gosh.
0: His performances are just filled with these little things. Uh-huh.
1: And it's in every one of his films. He just nails it.
0: Is he your favorite actor?
1: Um, I would say him and um, Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: Oh my God.
1: R- Ronnie and I were talking about this recently. Like, who is one actor that you, you, Would say is the greatest actor of all time, and we both said um, Leonardo DiCaprio because we just every he's taken on so many different roles, and I believe him in every role he takes on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's yeah.
0: What do you think? This might be hard. What do you think is his best performance?
1: Oh gosh, oh gosh, I don't know. One of my favorites is Wolf of Wall, not Wolf of yeah Wolf of Wall Street, yeah.
0: I would, I could, I think the argument could be made that he should have won the Oscar for Wolf of Wall Street and then ended up winning the Oscar for The Revenant. It's kind of going, yeah, yeah, like you're really good. We get it.
1: I like, he should have won Oscars for basically all of his performances. Like every, every time it like was taken from him, I was like, man, he's earned it. Come on.
0: Yeah. Who's your favorite actress?
1: Sandra Bullock.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I love her she's so good
0: so Sandra Bullock is like your Eddie Guerrero
1: yeah she is yeah. well
0: and and you've accomplished everything in the wrestling world so now it's time to you know follow in her footsteps in the acting world
1: yeah and I have someone's footsteps to follow just like Eddie's
0: this is yeah oh, I'm I am very very excited for you
1: oh thank you
0: and I'm excited for you and Ronnie together as one of my favorite Wrestling couples.
1: Oh, you're so kind.
0: It's true. <laughs> and I I'm very thankful for the opportunity to catch up with you and like just to hear how you're doing.
1: Yeah, I, I always love speaking with you. So literally anytime.
0: Oh my um, gosh. Well, we'll do this every week then.
1: I'm keen. I was thinking before we started, I was like, what's he gonna ask me? Like I haven't like my career's been like stagnant. What's he going to ask me? But this has been actually therapeutic for me. So thank you.
0: Oh, wow. Well, look, I end every conversation with the same question because I start and end every day with gratitude. I say out loud three things that I'm grateful for. Love it. So I end every interview with that. So what are three things that you're grateful for?
1: I'm curious what I said last time, but every day, same thing. I am forever grateful for health, safety, and happiness of everyone that I love and care about.
0: I love that. That's so great. Thank you so much for this awesome time.
1: Thank you for having me. I always love, love doing this with you.
0: There you go. Isn't she fantastic? And as soon as that silly green card situation is sorted out, I know she'll be making a huge statement with whatever company that she decides to sign with. The fact that her talent right now is going unused is a travesty. Yeah, that's right. A travesty, I say. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening to this one. Let us know what stands out for you. Tag us on social media so we can share it. Cassie is at Cassie Lee. I am at Chris Van Vliet. And if you're not already, please subscribe or follow the show on whichever platform you're listening on. And of course, Offer Chops is the name of Cassie and Jess's podcast, which you can find, well, wherever you're listening to this right now. As the late great... Martin Luther King said, the ultimate measure of a person is not where they stand in moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand at times of challenge and controversy. Be great, be grateful. We'll see you on the next one, my friends, for some more insight.